And then all of a sudden she just kind of changed. And I knew in the dream somehow that it wasn't my friend anymore and it was like this evil persona. Welcome to the God's Perfect Size show where faith meets fat loss. I'm your host Kim Jogway, the author of God's Perfect Size and a former food addict turned food freedom coach. Tune in every week to be encouraged and empowered towards your goals for weight loss and victory in Christ. Over. Hey y'all, I hope your holiday preparations are going fantastic. I know we're in the kitchen, but this is not a food prep video. This is actually a video that um, stemmed from a dream that I had or more like a nightmare that I had and I want to share that with you but before I do I hope all is going well I hope your holiday shopping is coming along much better than mine I've got to go out even this afternoon to pick up a gift so your girl is late but better late than never is what they say we're gonna hope that holds true so that's what I'll be doing all right so I shared with you that this week I had a nightmare and it was it was intense so what happened was, of course I was asleep, but I just remember having a very physical reaction in the dream where I was calling out for help. And in my, in the dream state, you think you're calling out and with some clarity and making sense. But I just remember my husband saying, wake up, wake up and shaking me because I guess I was making all these muffled noises. And so he kind of brought me out of that thing. God, he did because I was running for my life, y'all. But here's what happened. So in the dream, I was sitting with a friend and we were just having um, a conversation. I think we were in a restaurant setting and we were talking about the upcoming holidays and what we were prepping and how we were going to be celebrating. And then all of a sudden she just kind of changed. And I knew in the dream somehow that it wasn't my friend anymore. And it was like this evil persona that had come over her and she had been totally replaced. And so this thing just kind of looks at me and then it starts talking in this voice and telling me that it wants to do me harm. It's gonna kill me, it's gonna hurt me. And then it just starts chasing me. So in the dream, I'm super quick, praise God for that. But I'm running away from this thing that wants to bring me harm. And then I guess I started screaming. That's the point where I started yelling out and my husband wakes me up from that. And I wake up and I'm like, oh God, my heart is pounding, I'm sweating. I can't tell if it's just regular sweat or if it's a hot flash. I'm just overwhelmed in that moment. And I'm laying in bed with my heart racing and I start praying. I roll over on my side and I start praying and I ask God, what is this about? But being a woman of faith and just having walked with the Lord for decades now, I have this relationship where I can go to God in prayer and talk to him about anything. So I was just like, God, what does this mean? Is, does, is this something I'm supposed to know? And I'll be honest, rarely do I get an interpretation to a dream. Like I'll have dreams, I'll write them down and record them and I'll pray over them for long periods of time. Most of the time I get clarity later on, much later on. And sometimes I have dreams and I never figure out the meaning of them. They're just living in my notebook and I just leave them there and I read through them periodically and see if God wants to give me revelation for what the dream means. And most of the time I will get it much later and there are times where I just don't get any understanding. This was different. It was almost like an immediate download of what it was I was experiencing. So I have my notes in front of me because I wrote a, a blog about it because I knew that it was supposed to be shared. And so I put my notes in front of me so I wouldn't miss anything. So that was the nightmare that my husband woke me up from. And so 
the meaning of it. Let's talk about the meaning. When so, God gave me the meaning of the dream, he was showing me in the dream that it had to do with the holidays and what happens during the holidays. Now, I know that doesn't give you any clarity, but let me just walk you through it. So I asked God, what does the dream mean? And God says to prepare for the holidays. And I'm like, so how do I prepare for the holidays? And so God shows me what I need to do to get spiritually ready for the holidays. Now I'm going to tell you the preparation plan that God gave me in case you need it, in case you are going into environments that are just maybe kind of unholy or maybe just very uh, fleshly or natural in the way people operate around you. Maybe you're just going into family situations that aren't great. Maybe relationships are strained or there's the one member who drinks too much every year or there's the one member who's just mean every year. You could be walking into that and that's what God was showing me. He was showing me in the dream that you need to have a strategy, not just you, but I mean, he was giving me a strategy, but he shared with me that I'm supposed to share this with others or he laid it on my heart that I could share it with others. And so I'm going to share this with you. And I, it's a very personal dream and it does make me feel very vulnerable to share this with you, but I'm going to share it nonetheless, because the one thing I don't want to do is have a strategy for myself that could benefit me and not give you something that you might be able to use in your life. Maybe you're feeling the stress of the holidays. You know, you're going to face certain situations and you need that support from God. So together we're going to make a plan. So here's the thing. Um, God showed me that oftentimes we walk into these situations and because we are close to people and these are relationships and loved ones, we sometimes walk in unprepared because we just consider it family or we consider them friends. And so we don't make spiritual preparations for that time together. And God was showing me personally that demons don't take a vacation and they don't take a break. They're going to show up on the holiday and they're going to show out and that's what they do. And oftentimes our defenses are down during that time because we think it's just family. But have you ever noticed family drama breaks out usually when the family comes together? You bring your issues and your demons. I bring my issues and my demons and we all get together and we just call it dysfunctional. But what if it's more than just dysfunction? What if it's a spiritual war that's taking place because we're all coming together? That spirit of lust is butting up against that spirit of anger. And that spirit of anger is but butting up against that spirit of gluttony and that spirit, um, that, that apathetic spirit. Like they all get together and they have a party and they're maybe even casting lots for who I get to victimize at this time, y'all. If we walk in there unprepared, we're going to get the, 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 the fruit of unpreparedness. We're going to leave ourselves open for attacks and we don't want to do that. We do not want to do that. At least I don't want to do that. And I pray that you're safe. So here's what God shared with me and I'm going to share it with you, whether you feel like this is something you need, you need now, or maybe you think you might benefit from this in the future, just grab your notepad and take some notes because I'm going to share it with you in case you want to remember it and have it in your spiritual arsenal. So this is what God shared with me. I'm going to reference my notes. So the first thing he reminded me is to pray without ceasing. 
we've got to be prayerful people, not just before we get there, not an hour before we arrive. We've got a couple days leading up to this. So we get to pray without ceasing. We get to keep talking to the Father about that, that relative that always shows out. We get to ask God to bring healing in that person's life. We're going to pray in a spirit of love. That's what God reminded me. These are children that he loves and so we want to pray in that spirit of love and most of the time the people who are showing out the most aren't showing out because they just want to harm you they're people who've been harmed and who have been hurt and so we want to pray for those hurt places in them so i'm going to pray without ceasing and we have that opportunity together to pray for those that we care about or that we love or that we're going to be in close proximity to so pray with all kinds of prayers you can ask god to bring healing you can ask God to stop them from showing out and bringing harm to others. You can ask God to um, put a filter on their mouths. You can just pray some real honest prayers. This is not the time for cute prayers. This is the time to pray for what you need. You don't want to be hurt in this process and you don't want them to be harmed in, in this get together. So pray with all kinds of prayers. And the most effective prayers are ones that come from scripture. So when you don't know what to pray, just do a topical search and look up some prayers on anger if that person is dealing with anger. And then you ask God, would you please, would you please stem that anger in them? Would you please let your spirit of peace fall on them and would you give them a sense of feeling safe and that they don't have to lash out so you can pray with all kinds of prayers the second thing that God gave me is leading up to this time I have to personally fast you know scripture says some of these don't come out but by prayer and by fasting and so if you're coming up against a really difficult one or you know that this uh, this is steeped generationally in your family or in your get-togethers, it happens year after year after year, this might be one that you come up against that's a little challenging and a little tougher, and prayer alone won't get the job done. So you can set aside a day of fasting before you have the get-together. And if you do them together in tandem, you there's a, there's a lot of power in that, according to scripture. So before you have that get-together, maybe if Christmas is on Monday and you're traveling on like Friday, maybe on Thursday, you set aside some time to pray and to fast for that get-together and you ask God to drive those demons out. Maybe don't let them even enter into the home so that that person can walk in with peace. You take the fight on. You armor up and you pray and you fast and you drive them out so that that space is clear when you walk in. And even if it's not clear before you get there, the minute you show up on the scene, having been prayed up and fasted, you walk in and you tell them to leave in your authority that Jesus gave you. So you tell them they have to leave. So if you're prayed up and you're and fasted, you have that authority that you can stand in. That's the same strategy Jesus had when he wrestled with the enemy in the wilderness. He prayed after 40 days of prayer and fasting, he, he had the authority and the right to tell Satan, go and satan obeyed he had that power that came from having empty flesh but a full spirit and so you have that gift that jesus has left you and you have that model so that's the first that's the second point 
The first one was pray without ceasing. And the second one is to go in with a strategy of prayer and fasting. You want to add that fasting. And I personally will be fasting from food. I'm going to follow the model that was in scripture where Jesus did not eat during that time. And I'm going to hydrate. I'm personally going to hydrate, but I'm going to take a period of time with no food and make sure that I'm praying during that time. And I don't always find fasting easy, but I find it necessary. So ask God to help you get through it. I'm going to do the same because it's not always easy for me to deny my flesh when it cries out, but I know that it's necessary for the, for the battle ahead. And so I'm going to be fasting. The next one is it's along the same lines as praying. But the third strategy is I want you to cover the children in prayer. You'll probably hear my Instapod in the background. Just ignore that. We're going to keep talking. All right. So covering the children in prayer, they can, they tend to be the most vulnerable during that time. You're going to want to cover the little ones. And oftentimes they are sitting ducks for the enemy. You know, they are so excited. They're so innocent. They're just there for the, the treats and the gifts. And they're not looking to be harmed during that time. And so in, in order to ensure their safety so that they're not attacked, you cover them in prayer. Have y'all ever had that one relative that is always talking about everybody's kids or that one friend that's always like, he's so bad, she's so bad. What they're doing is they're speaking word curses over children, children who um, are innocent in understanding, who are unarmored oftentimes and don't have the words to fight back or defend themselves. Listen, those are word curses and a lot of word curses tend to be exchanged during gatherings, family gatherings and holiday seasons. And so when you hear someone speaking a word curse, it's up to you as the as the mature one to defend them. So it's up to me to defend them. So I don't have to get into a family fight. I can just say, you can just name it for what it is. Oh, that was that was not a good choice, but I know you can make better choices. You can speak in a way over children that's positive. It doesn't have to be damning. It doesn't have to label them for the rest of their lives because they're not bad, but they might just be undisciplined or not knowing. And they don't need to hear that. They don't need to hear that from adults. Whether you feel so, courageous enough to vocalize it, if God leads you in that path and you have to vocalize and say, hey, I don't like speaking those kinds of words over my children. And so I'd, I'd love it if you would refrain from doing that. You can try that if the Holy Spirit leads you there. It could lead to more drama. So it might be as simple as someone says something and you remove the child from the situation and you tell them you are not bad. As a matter of fact, God says you're beloved. And I want you to know that sweet one, that you are beloved. And then you say, you replace that curse with the truth of what God's word says about them and then you pray in the spirit and you say, God, would you remove that curse that was just spoken over this child? And would you help them to know that they're loved by you and that their life is worth it in you? And I pray that they would come to salvation at the, at the time that you have for them. You can pray a blessing over them and ask God to remove it. When the enemy attacks us, scripture 
often calls it fiery darts. So you can go in and you can bring healing, the healing balm of Jesus over that wound that that fiery dart left. And you call that place in that child healed. And you say to God, I pray they would never identify with the words that were spoken over them. I pray that they would only walk away with the truth of who they are in you, Jesus. So you can pray a blessing over them. Your job and my job is to make sure that we are sensitive enough in the spirit to listen for those word curses, cast them down, and then build the children up in truth and be mindful about where they are. Another thing I personally ask God is to make me sensitive to situations that the enemy is creating around children. Make me sensitive to things that are going wrong. And for me, when I was little, when an adult would say something or would get their little jabs in, it would be when my parents were distracted, they were cooking, when my mom was busy doing something else. Just a relative here and there would sneak in a little barb and plant a seed. And so you have to ask the Holy Spirit to make you sensitive. I have to ask the Holy Spirit to make me sensitive about things that I might not be present for or might not be able to see. I can't be everywhere, you can't be everywhere, but the Holy Spirit is everywhere. God's presence is everywhere. He's omnipresent, he's everywhere at once. So ask the Lord to make you super sensitive to situations that you might not be privy to in that moment and be preemptive and know that things could have happened that you did not catch that day. So when you lay down at night to pray and you pray with the children, you can pray over those things that you might not have been present for that God might have pricked your spirit about and said, hey, some words were said you weren't there. And so you can pray about those things, you know, in the evening with your little one and say, you know, we're gonna cover everything in prayer. Today you may have heard things that that were not great, that are that don't represent God's love over you, and then you just take it from there and you pray for the child and you say, um, you know, if you heard anything that, that made you feel sad today, here's what I want you to know about your father. He loves you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the apple of God's eye and he loves you dearly and he said that all the little children could come to him and then you can have that prayer with them and and lead them in how to pray and even renounce any curses that may have been spoken over them and if you can say something like and if you heard something that made you feel terrible let's take it to God in prayer and say God, help me to know who I am and that I'm not bad things that people say but I really am loved by you you just lead them in prayers like that. So that's number three, cover the children in prayer. And the last strategy that, that you're going to employ is to have faith in God. And I know that sounds simple, but sometimes when you are under so much stress, like holidays can be fun and loving and a fantastic time, but they can also be stressful with all the different personalities, all the moving parts, the gifts, the money spent, like all of it can create stress. Here's what I want you and I to do. We're gonna have faith in God. We're not gonna lose faith. We're not gonna lose faith in the fact that something happened and it's now done and everything is broken. No, we're not gonna put our faith there. We're gonna put our faith in God and say, God, this went horribly wrong. I missed the mark here, but my faith is in you. My faith is that healing can still come. My faith is that you are the God of justice and you can bring justice in this situation, that you're the God of love, that, that even if I lost my temper, I'm asking you to forgive me and you can restore peace to my life and peace to the person that I may have harmed. 
Just have faith that God can cover it all. Don't walk in fear during the holidays. Have fun. Do what your family does and enjoy the time together, knowing that no matter what goes right or what goes wrong, God is on the throne and that he is faithful and just. He can forgive you, he can restore, and he can repair damage. So keep your faith in God and keep looking up to God and have faith that he can bring the fun. Have faith that that celebration, that the celebration that you're about to enter into can be one of the best. It can be one of the most amazing times you've ever had with those that you love, that in the past it might have been horrible. Have faith that God can do a new thing in your family, that he can bring newness into your interactions. Trust him because he is able, he's capable, and he's faithful to do it. So keep your faith anchored in God no matter what you see. You might see things that want to shake you, but God is unshakable, y'all. So keep your faith anchored on him and you will not miss the mark. I hope that your holiday season is fantastic. I hope this helps you get through the holiday season no matter what comes up. Just keep trusting God. I love you. I thank you for joining me in this video. Now I gotta get to making some vegan sweet potato pies. I still don't know how to make them firm in the, in the filling, but I'm gonna figure it out. If you have any suggestions for how to, um, I make the vegan sweet potato pies every year, but they don't bind together quite like an egg binder does. And since my family is half my family is vegan. I'm always on desserts and I just make these pies every year. I have used egg replacers. I don't love the taste of all the egg replacers and so I add a little more flour in the in the batter to kind of thicken it up a little bit. So if you have other suggestions let me know because I could use it. Let me know kind of quick because I'll be baking by the end of today and tomorrow. So I'll be doing some more baking. So if you leave it early enough, I can catch it before I wake up tomorrow and start my next round of baking. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining I'll me. I'll see you in the next video. Be blessed.